0: What's up, everybody? We are, wait, we light the fight?
1: Light the fight. <laughs> That's I'm us. speechless. That's <laughs> I, 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 I don't even
0: know what to say. I'm not speechless. I too know, often. I'm hyped. For a moment, I pictured Heidi <laughs> with her turtleneck cheerleader outfit sweater on during the wintertime cold and trying to get all this team spirit out there to, That's the, right. to the fans. I'm just
1: trying to give Were you, you a some cheerleader. Te- no. No, right. Not not very coordinated.
0: Mm,
1: okay. It's rough. My kids are coordinated, luckily. But right here,
0: I'm not.
1: But I'm just try- I'm trying to hype you up a little here, David. Well, I'm here if, for you.
0: If you've been listeners to us <laughs> long enough, uh you'll know one thing, our openings are very dry and corny. <laughs> and two, we're sick a lot. You're sick a lot. I'm sick a lot.
1: Actually I'm uh, sick. Well,
0: so right. you're sick too. What are you talking about?
1: But I feel better.
0: I wasn't sure if we're light the fight or trying to spark a light (laughs) to eventually light the fight. Yeah, Um, it's rough. Last couple weeks, had a cold and been struggling with a sinus infection. I know Heidi's kind of on the same boat. So
1: I I actually went to the doctor, which is a really big step for me. So I'm feeling pretty- Asking for help? Yeah, I asked for help. Step number one,
0: (laughs) admit that there's a problem.
1: (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they gave me- injections so I, I don't even mess around anymore I'm like no just give, give me the sauce just right
0: we're gonna so. stop by your house one day there's gonna be like a <laughs> like a little EMT truck out front you're gonna be hooking you up give me IVs <laughs> I thought just only celebrities like big Hollywood yeah celebrities me had and that Michael Jackson yeah, yeah I
1: know yeah I don't know okay we'll, we'll leave it on that <laughs> too far too far okay yeah
0: so, uh, well, thank you for visiting us here at Light the Fight. It's
1: good to be back, though. I was gone for a couple of weeks. David um, had my back, and so thank you for that, David. I, of um, my, You guys, I have too much going on. And we go into this holiday season, and like, I was listening to, to what David was saying, and he's like, this is this, this, the time of year that people like to craft. And it's true. It, the crafting ramps up. And so,
0: tax season. I had
1: an event. It is. I had an event, and then Connor was off track. And you know what I did? I, I got to tell you that I took Connor's off track in school because then you're in school. And just he and I got in the car and drove down to California. First time I've ever spent one-on-one time with Connor longer than like enough to to go buy him some pants at Old Navy or something. You know. It was. It was like a life changing, relationship changing, overwhelmingly good experience. So we might talk about that a little bit more. But so I'm I'm back.
0: Well, that's great. Well, you guys heard it from Heidi first. Step number one to self care: go to California. Eat Sancho's tacos. Step talking. number two: eat Sancho's tacos. <laughs> By the way, I'm a little upset with you, not because you didn't bring any back, because I fortunately just had some about a week ago. You didn't get us a sponsorship. Like, you should have been down there I saying, know. Hey, listen, do any of you people that work here at this organization have issues with your kids, loved ones, or family members? And okay, then after they you say guys, yes.
1: Listeners, if you know anybody affiliated with Sancho's Tacos, please hook us up.
0: We just got to talk to Sancho. He's the man, dude. He's the guy. He's in all their videos. Yeah, we got that's your department, man. I know. I need to go talk to my people down there. I, I'm sure I have friends that that know him. I just, yeah, it's a small world down there. In the, I, all, the I also
1: went on a tour of Stance headquarters.
0: Wow! Right on.
1: Which was, I'm trying to get in there too, man.
0: Go for it. Go they for just, it.
1: But I, dro- I did some name dropping, and they, um, they know about quit tripping down there.
0: Oh, they do. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was, it was cool.
0: They like, oh, is that that company we sent those free socks to and they ever send us a thank you card? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I roll. No, I'm just kidding. No, they, no we, we it was do. Cool. We're very thankful for Stance Socks. They're very, very, yeah.
1: kind. It's a, an amazing company. So shout out to Stance.
0: And they're going to be even more amazing as they work with us more in the future.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was willing that. I was willing that to the universe.
1: That's right. You just got to put on the post it note and put it on your mirror.
0: I'm just kidding. They, they need to do um, a light the fight sock, oh, and the cool. light bulb will be looking like it's flickering, like it's not really that strong. <laughs> <laughs> and then Heidi's be sitting there doing the face palm slap <laughs> on her face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'll be shaking my head.
1: Yeah, really quality
0: socks. Yeah. So wh- what are we doing here? Oh, podcast. Okay, right. I almost forgot about get that. Get
1: on, get on track. What's let's. the podcast about again?
0: <laughs> well, before we get into the podcast, we do want to give a shout out to a real sponsor. Not a, not a metaphorical sponsor or a sponsor that we just talk about them all the time like Sancho's Tacos, and that is teencounseling.com. If you haven't been a, a member uh, or if you have not followed Light the Fight for quite some time, you're new to Light the Fight, just know that if you have a 13- to 19-year-old and you've been looking for Um, A perfect match for your teenager to get some good counseling, some good therapy, starting on some basic communication skills, or if there's more difficult family struggles going on, go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF for Light the Fight and get 10% off your first month. And basically what they do is they they get you set up with a short questionnaire to help understand what the relationship is with your teen and the needs that you have. And then they match up with the therapist that's available to start communicating within 24 hours. That is going to have the skills that you need. So the problem with getting in to see a teen therapist, and this has been a problem for a very long time. And I believe it's even a greater problem now because we have more teenagers that need help than there are therapists or professionals to actually help them. So because this is a big problem, this teencounseling.com provides a great service for so many people that can't get linked up with the therapist in your area. Or maybe you know me, but you can't get in to see me. It's not that I'm so amazing that, you know, I'm so booked up because you know, everybody wants to see me. I just can only see so many people a day. Like I just can't see that many clients. So teencounseling.com backslash LTF to get your first, to get your first month for 10%. We have gotten amazing feedback, Heidi, from all of our listeners. We want to hear more from uh, those of you who are just now starting to get introduced to teencounseling.com. Let us know your experience. We're always interested in hearing out our listeners experiences with the people that are sponsors. And in this case it's teencounseling.com and hallelujah to them because we all have teenagers out there there they need to talk to someone but sometimes they have a hard time doing this thing called face-to-face communication with human beings and teencounseling.com provides the opportunity for them to use their phone as the tool for them to communicate with their counselor and if you didn't know this your kids know how to use their phone (laughs) so you don't have to teach them that part of this the talking part to the therapist that might take them a little while but logging on they'll figure that out pretty quickly
1: yeah so to, for us, this is a really a solution-based um, sponsor, which we appreciate um, a lot of the communication that we get is about how to find somebody. Um, so, we, so we like to pass on that information.
0: Okay. And, of course, yeah. thank you to 1-800-CONTACTS for being our community sponsor. They are our partner in helping our community here local locally in salt lake city and big shout out to them the great people there and uh we'll be seeing them on thursday to do some more stuff with them so we're excited about that and thank you to one hundred contacts
1: yeah for sure all
0: right well let's get into it so how do you put up a post today um asking some of our listeners what are some of the things that they'd want to hear more about that we've talked about in the past some uh, some things that they just want to hear about in general, some ideas, and so, and um, we can't get to all of them right now. But there's a common theme in a few of them, so we wanted to answer or at least talk about a couple of the questions, a couple of the thoughts that were brought up in the um, on the Instagram post today.
1: Yeah, well, and we kind of had a combination of comments in in the post as well as um, direct messages and. And just the regular conversations that we kind of have. So we do love hearing from you. Please know that. Um, And, you know, I'm kind of uh, traditionally here at Light the Fight. I'm the one that kind of brings the the problems to talk about into David. And then he responds. Um, And so I've been trying to kind of um, plot out the next few – the next – Kind of some curriculum as we as we go throughout the end of the year, and if you by chance listen to um, Rachel Hollis, who has an awesome podcast and books, and um, she does something. It started on October first, and it's called the Last Ninety Days, and it's really kind of about setting yourself up for success, st- so that when you hit. 2020, you're kind of having this jumpstart, and I, I've been thinking a lot about like approaching the 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 last couple months of this, the end of this year, to really kind of set ourselves up um, as parents and families for a really successful 2020. And so that's kind of what um, I have in mind for the for the podcast as we finish up the year is um, kind of wanting to, and in the Instagram post, I said, you know, what are things that you would like more c- clarification on? What do we need to go deeper on? What keeps popping up that you wish you knew more of? And and um, I wasn't surprised by the things that were said. It tends to be the things that I <laughs> can um, can agree with, you know.
0: You don't have to do like research on no, those subjects.
1: I I mean I like if I had to make a list, those are the things that I struggle with as well. Um but I have come a long way and I have this podcast to thank for it. Um so the thing that I actually want wanted to to talk about, and I hear this, you guys, from so many of you, and I feel this personally so much is Where was this information 20 years ago? Where was it 10 years ago? Where was it five years ago? You know, and
0: it's the exact same place the iPhone 11 was at. Hadn't hadn't
1: been invented yet. (laughs) Hadn't been invented yet. Podcast hadn't been invented yet. (laughs) Hadn't been invented yet. Um, And so I think that you who are listening, wherever you're listening from, might be doing that double tap on your on your chest that we talk about that pound pound when you're wishing that you could somehow go back in time and change everything about yourself, <laughs> everything about your approach. But that's that's not possible and that's not necessary. And so, what I really wanted to talk about to kind of um, usher in the last few episodes of 2019 is how to press the reset button on your relationships.
0: And and that was, I mean, that was echoed a number of times in the messages from today. Yeah. How do we start over? It sounds like a lot of parents, we've established in the past year and a half doing the podcast that everyone listening to the podcast has made mistakes. Okay. So we've established that continue some to make some of us mistakes. more than others. Some of us are repeat offenders in the mistake category. <laughs> some of us are really good at asking questions, not as good at ask starting off with statements. You know, whatever it may be that we've acknowledged to you or we've put out to you to let you know, oh, wow, I do that. Sounds like that's not a good thing to do. And then you become enlightened. You're like, okay, I'm different. Like, I know now. Like, knowing is half the battle, right? Like the saying says. But then there's that other part of like, now you got to do something to change it. And with any relationship, it becomes pretty difficult to change a relationship and get your um, your uh, your uh, gosh, we talked about it recently. Um, your reputation to change your reputation as a parent, a partner, because sibling, there's this child. thing
1: called a track record.
0: Yes. <laughs> and and the reason why it's difficult to change, and this is, I'll give it back to you, why I think a lot of people put that on there is because when you're listening to the podcast, you're hearing the things that you should have done, you can do, and you start to do them, but then you start to see the doubt in people around you wondering, is this for real? You know, is this sincere? Is this genuine? And so it seemed to me like a lot of the messages were coming from people that realized that they'd made mistakes, wanted to do better, had been trying to do better. But it's hard to earn that that new reputation pretty quickly,
1: well, and or I mean change a reputation. One of saying. the things that I heard a lot, and it just happens to be kind of the end of the first quarter happening right now. if you're if you're listening to us right now, it's october twenty second. And um just a couple of days ago, um, was the end of first quarter for our school district. And so what? Is on everybody's mind is grades, you know, um, and this opportunity for a fresh start. You know, fall break has kind of come, and and we're kind of launching into this last quarter. And so, again, what I'm talking about is this necessity or understanding. Or I want to just kind of give our listeners some hope that you that you can kind of establish needed change and that you can't just like maybe I mean you you could you could just start making changes and maybe have your kids start to look at you sideways and maybe start to notice which which is okay um but I think more what I wanted you to talk about is to how to a- approach any of your relationships like i think this this is necessary for young kids for teenagers for adult children um even maybe a sibling relationship or an ex an ex spouse or any relationship that feels complicated and dramatic and difficult um you know what what would you say to somebody that says You know, yeah, I've got these tools and I want to change and I don't like how it is, but it's too far gone.
0: Well, okay, we're talking about, okay, so that's two different people because the people that were messaging in, they were literally like, hey, I want to be able to do this. But then we do have people that you could tell in their message saying, I've done everything. It's not working. It feels like it's too far gone. And it seems to me that they've probably done it for a little bit of time, but it's hard it's painstaking, it takes a lot longer and they'd want people to notice their efforts, acknowledge it, give them credit and then move on from the past and leave the past behind us. Problem is the people that want those things, meaning like if you're a parent and you want your kids or people in your family to move on and your reputation be changed now, usually people that want those things would also require their loved one to show them over a long period of time That this isn't just a fly by night sort of a change.
1: You're not going to freak out multiple times in a
0: row. (laughs) Everybody's looking for some sort of measuring of where the person's loyalty is, the time and effort and commitment they have to your life. And we're just sitting back, kind of watching, keeping score to see what they're going to do right now and if they're going to keep it up. Um, You know, sometimes... Oh, I get this criticism by a lot of people and using a different example where they say after the death of a loved one or after a breakup or a divorce, something really difficult for them, they'll get a lot of support and then they'll feel like that support fades. And a lot of the promises that were made from loved ones, even though the promises were probably in good faith and you know they probably meant well and wanted to be there for them, it seems like it's easier to add up how many people didn't follow through with what they said they're going to follow through. It's easier to keep track of the few people that did follow through, the few people that actually did change how they were acting and behaving. Maybe before you lost a loved one, before you went through a hard time, they were kind of in your life. But now that you've gone through a hard time, now they're inserting themselves into your life. Now they're making a point to show you that they are there for you, even though they've been absent in the past. So now if we flip that over to um, were us as a parent, because most people that were saying this were mothers, and their concern is, okay, I'm listening to you guys. I'm trying to make changes. Um, my fear is that I'm not going to be able to change my reputation with them. So this is not a technique I'm going to share with you. This is not anything. This is 100%... You have to see something that's not in your reality at the moment. You you almost have to create this thing to happen. A lot of people know in sports psychology, um, if you've ever had any work done um, to try to be a higher performer athlete, I'm sure the same things with entertainers, musicians, and songwriters that you find yourself in a position where you want to be able to change your course, your direction. You want to be able to maybe add a bad album. You want people to see that, oh, that, that wasn't their, you know, that wasn't their, who they really are. You want, a, you want a new crack at it. You want a new shot at it. But sometimes people aren't so forgiving. Sometimes our most loyal listeners, and I'm using the, the music metaphor, are going to be hardest on their favorite bands or their favorite artists because they want the best out of them. Well, that's going to be the same thing with our kids when they look at us. We can confess to them that we are sad and we're sorry. By the way, if you listen to some of our other podcasts, that's where we start off with just acknowledging that you've made mistakes. But there's a way to acknowledge you've made mistakes that really hits home and people really believe it and feel it. And there's another way to acknowledge you've made mistakes that's almost dismissing it and making an excuse for it. Right. The first one is it's extreme ownership that is all statement-based, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But the statements are very... I am now understanding that I've been doing a lot of things wrong. You, I always tell parents to use the podcast, a counselor, use something that's, uh, that would be noticeably different in your day-to-day routine that would give your kids or whoever it is you're trying to earn the reputation back, give them a sense of curiosity to like maybe something is different. Maybe they are doing enough different because if you just tell them, you know, I was reading the same old books and talking to the same old people I always talked to, but I had a new epiphany and I want to share it with you. They're not going to buy that. But if you tell them something, man, I was listening to this podcast for parenting and here I am, I'll be honest with you, I was listening to this hoping to find answers how I can fix you and change you. But to my surprise, it was just a mirror. It was, this podcast just helped me look at myself and realizing there's a lot of things I need to change before it even asked you to change, so I better go first. There's never been a teenager, there's never been a loved one, anyone that really cares about you, even if they're mad at you, that I've ever heard of someone saying something like that to a loved one. And the loved one just completely shutting it down, wanting nothing to hear from that person. The only time that's happened is if there's major, major contention between the, those two people. Not if they're upset with each other, or frustrated. The, those, when you hear someone saying, I've made a mistakes, I'm realizing, I thought it was all you. Turns out it's more me than I realize. You're only gonna get body language and words that sound like this. I'm listening, Continue nobody is going to interrupt you if you're validating what they've been trying to tell you for years. Doesn't happen. They're just waiting. (laughs) They're waiting for more of it. So step one is establish that you see things, you have new insight and information that you weren't privy to before. And because of that, you wanted to let them know. So you're telling your loved one, you've been making mistakes. You're trying to figure this out. You have some new ideas, but you need their help for you to get better. This is the part where you. I could tell you this 30 different times. This is a little bit difficult for people to do because sometimes we go into this believing that we're going to confess. We're going to be sincere and we're going to truly bring to them peace and we want a new relationship. But usually when people are in the middle of saying this, they start to look at how what they're saying may like expose them put their dirty laundry out yeah, there it does. it's like i've been telling my kids that i don't do this i don't have a problem now i'm confessing something that they could use this against me so our ego and, and our they def- will and well our <laughs> ego and our defense mechanisms they're telling us no no don't do that don't do that and so a lot of times people start off saying you know what? i've learned a lot i've listened to this podcast using the example of they're going to say i've listened to this podcast it changed me and they start going on and on about telling their story as if it's like a social media post, forgetting that the person that they're talking to is looking their eyes, their body language, their words. Are they saying the exact same words they've always said and try to put it in a different like, like narrative or are they actually talking different? If you do not spark your loved one's curiosity simultaneously while you're doing this, this will never work. If they feel like they have you figured out and this is just you copying, like you changing a couple words to the same freaking story, they're not going to buy it. And if you're not sure if your kids are that savvy, assuming you're talking about kids, trust me, they are. Every human being has a very high BS radar. We're constantly looking to see, are we going to be getting played, taken advantage of, manipulated, someone using this great conversation, our feelings, because we can't always trust our feelings. Mm-hmm. We've learned that our feelings told us, wow, this girl this is going to be the person you're going to marry. And then later on in my life, I realized, okay, I'm a senior in high school. There's six other girls I thought I was going to marry after that one. So it just takes us a little bit longer to kind of sift through what's going on. In this scenario though, you have to spark whoever it is curiosity that maybe, perhaps, you have changed. So now only time will tell. So that's all the first step. Second step, this is when you acknowledge to them that this is going to take you some time. You need their help to give you practice and reps. We've gone over this before, but it bears repeating. And then you explain to them that if they have an issue with something that you're doing, whatever the subject matter is. Let's say you ask lots of questions and you're constantly bombarding them with questions. And then you learn from our podcast that that's not how you want to start conversations. They realize that it's damaging the relationship. You own up to it. You say, I'm going to work on this. I don't know how good I'm going to get at this right away. If it's going to take me a while, I hope it doesn't take too long because I don't want to lose the relationship with you. And I want you to see that I'm I'm taking this serious. You do not have to tell your kid, now, be mindful. Like, I'm still going to make mistakes. I'm still going to screw up. Don't expect a lot of me because this is how it sounds to you when your kids give you that same excuse. Now, I'm going to really try hard in this class, but don't expect me to get good grades, mom, or to turn it on my homework. I mean, I'll turn it in more than I did last quarter. I promise that. That's a horrible sales pitch. The best thing to do is say, I haven't done everything I could do. I can do better. I need time to do better, but I also need some of your input. So instead of in the past for you criticizing and making fun of me when I make mistakes, can you do me a favor and pull me aside maybe later on and just tell me, hey, that hurt my feelings. I'll be totally open to hear you. And even though I may get a little prickly and want to be defensive, it'll help me just take a deep breath and just listen to you. Because at the end of the day, if your kid is giving you information what they're acknowledging that you're doing that's creating some sort of uh, controversy in the relationship. They're giving you the cheat codes. They're trying to help you be successful. Now, a lot of times it comes in a form of words that hurts, especially if you're getting criticism from a teenager. As angelic as they may be in your life, and as much as they may want to use these amazing words to inspire you to be a better parent, they're probably going to say things like, Yeah, well, it does piss me off every time you walk in my room in the morning, look at me. A lot of parents tell me, like, wait, just the way I look at you, and I go, Don't I'm gonna stop, time out. Do not get distracted by what your kid just said. Put that through a teenage filter and have it come out. Oh, I'm trying to tell you that in the morning, for some reason, I figured out that we fight a lot and I realized that when you walk in, you give me that look or you say something to me, it already puts me in a bad mood. And if as a parent, you can't relate to a human being in your life that when you just see their face, you want to hit it, <laughs> then then you haven't lived a real life. Like we all have people that in a certain moment, in a certain situation, they just go, hi, and you're like, I want to punch you. It's so fake. Oh, it's you so guys, I have the looks that just put my kids right on edge. Exactly. So, boom. So we want to put ourselves in in the mindset of the customer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm not joking when I say this. I
1: really love it when you say this.
0: Too. We are in the job of customer <laughs> service. If you're, if if next your name has a title, a parent, like you pay taxes and you claim a child, or whatever. Well, then you're in customer service. As much as you hate it, as much as you don't want to do it, that's why we talk about your family being like a family business. But you're serving people on the outside of the business while at the same time trying to keep your employees happy. You do not want, you have your family members to be disgruntled employees. So you tell them what your initiative is after you've apologized to them. And then after that, tell them, I need you to give me feedback. Asking for someone to give you feedback is a whole lot better when they try to tell you what's wrong with what you're doing and you stop them and say, listen, so what you're doing is you're giving me that feedback that I asked you to give me Remember, I told you that I wanted you to tell me if I'm doing something wrong. So since I want you to tell me to do something wrong, why don't you just tell me in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm a horrible parent, but instead helps me see what I could do to be a better parent. And the people that have gotten this language down, you want your kids to show you maturity And to show you that they can handle criticism, that they can handle instruction, that they're not so soft that you can't tell them what to do every now and then. You want them to be thick skinned enough, just like you were when you were younger, being raised by savages in the old school world, (laughs) right? And now we're raising, you know, sweet, angelic young people that have attitudes sometimes. But you want them to see all these things that you're doing. You want them to, to be the adult. You want them to be successful. But if you do not look them dead in the eyes as if they've already done it, that they are gonna talk to you differently because you're asking them for feedback instead of you just getting pissed off that they're criticizing you, if you can't see your child looking at you that way, then they're not gonna see what you're trying to tell them. Because if you can't look at them and say, I know that after this quarter's done, after they graduate, they're gonna smile, they're gonna look at me, we're gonna hug, we're gonna hold each other. And they're gonna tell me, thanks for not giving up on me when I was being a punk. Because their 17 year old version of themselves can say things and acknowledge that their 15 year old version just had no idea about. They had no clue. But if we do not show them by telling them, I need you to give me a second chance, then guess what you're modeling for them? How to come to you and to let you know that they've made mistakes. And that they would like a second chance because at the end of the day, if they're your kids and you've helped them their whole entire life, there's a third chance, a fifth chance, a hundred chance. I laugh all the time when parents say, I can't do this anymore. Really? How many times you said that? (laughs) Oh, like a thousand. Exactly. So one, it's a lie. You're going to keep on doing it because you did it for this long. and You love your kids, but you're not going to tell them, be the successful adult simply by listening to what I'm telling you to do. You have to tell them, I'm trying to be a successful adult. So follow me as I'm trying to figure it out and we can learn this together. That's how the long game and how you get your reputation fixed. Think about celebrities, people in the limelight. You know what they need to get their reputation fixed? One, a good PR rep. Like someone, okay, don't say this and say this, okay? Which
1: we all as parents, we could really use. We I'm could your use P- like-
0: that's me right now. I'm your PR rep. I'm telling you, please do not say this because now I got to talk to your teenager for three hours explaining what you really meant using my relationship with them to make you not look horrible. Because I have to use my relationship with teens all the time to co-sign for their parents. Right. Because they're looking at me going, hey, I like you, Dave. Them, not so much. Of course, I've never grounded them. I've never had right. to yell at them. My relationship is totally different. But what they get from me is they see this is someone that could, that could present my case to my parents. So let me work with this guy. Great. The parents are saying I'm someone that can help them present their case to their kids. Well, this is the case I'm telling you to present. I'm guilty as charged. I'm guilty for loving you, for caring you, for being neurotic and obsessive and trying to can make sure you're safe and you do not make the same mistakes in life that I've made. Guilty as charged. And the only way I'm going to break out of these patterns is I need some help. Just so happens, you're the perfect person to help me. This is one basic foundational step of having a partnership mentality with your loved ones. You actually have to make mistakes. You have to screw up. You have to be totally human, totally imperfect. And then you will be able to relate to them because now you get to come back to them, tail tech between your legs, apologizing, asking for forgiveness. And guess who you look and sound like? Them they're always apologizing, asking for forgiveness. How are you receiving that forgiveness? So you're giving them a chance to forgive you and receive your forgiveness, but sometimes you're just asking them for a second shot. If they give you a second shot, guess what happens when they come to you and ask you for a second shot? It's gonna be a whole lot harder for you to dismiss what they're trying to say and do. So many parents say, I don't know if I can trust you again. This has happened too many times. And they get on this high horse as if you don't know and they don't know that you'll forgive them a million times more. You just don't want to. So do not say things that are actually just, they're false. They're not true. We say so many things to our kids that are lies. We lie to our kids all the time. I was listening to, you ever seen Jim Gaffigan?
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: I was listening to his Netflix special the other night had me bust up <laughs> rolling. He's like, yeah, we, we lie to our kids all the time. For example, this ice cream's horrible. You're not going to like it. It'll make you sick. Me and mom are going to go upstairs and just wrestle for a little while. <laughs> like, the, the funny thing that he was saying is like, that's true. We've been lying to our kids our whole entire life because we're, we're trying to give them information that we think that they're ready for. And now they're telling us we don't know what they're ready for. But here's what we do know. We're ready to change as parents. We have to do a little bit more than we did last year. Otherwise, our mistakes are going to be our reputation instead of learning opportunities. We want our kids to see when we make mistakes, it makes us better. Instead of when we make mistakes, we cover it up. Because if we're wondering where our kids learn to lie from, and I saw a couple of those, our kids are saying horrible lies to us. and As parents, we're offended. We're like, how could they lie to us? We just want them to be honest. It's so simple. All they got to do is just tell the truth. Yeah, right. You know, many times it's hard for us as adults to tell the truth, even though we know we're supposed to, really hard, especially if we could lose our job. If someone could not like us anymore, people lie all the time to get out of trouble, not because they're bad people, because no one wants to feel like people don't want them around and dislike them. So if our kids are struggling with that, then we have to acknowledge that we struggle with that, show them what they can do differently. And then teach them how to earn your reputation back. Because you know what a lot of kids do to get their reputation changed and, earn, and to you know tweak it in some way? They just change their personality. They change their likes. They change the interest in their life, their music, their clothes, their dress. They change their outside appearance in hoping that people will see that they've changed. We know as parents that that's not real change. We hear our kids come to us, mom, I just want to tell you, and, you know, I decided I want to be an astronaut. Two weeks later, archaeologists. Three weeks later, I'm inventing an app. We've learned that this is just a process that we go through. Well, then if our kids go through this process, why can't we go through the same process where one day we thought we're right and the next day we're admitting that we were an idiot and we're wrong?
1: You know, there's an episode that we did quite some time ago and I should have looked it up, but I didn't. And so I have to put it in the notes, but it's called the expiration date. And this was a hard- Did you find which one that is, Brandon? Brandon's yeah. looking. Th- this was a hard pill for me to swallow because we were talking about, um, it's episode number 32.
0: Because there's relationships in your life that had expired that you were still giving CPR to.
1: Right. And David was like, if you had a gallon of milk and it stunk- would you keep it in your fridge? And it was months past would the you, expiration date. You know, would you, would you pour it into your, into your cereal and eat it? And of course you wouldn't. And would you say, okay, well, I'm never buying milk again. Cause that went bad. No, you go, and you get a new, a new gallon of milk that has an extended, um, expiration date. And I want to recommend that you kind of go, that, that you go and listen to that episode it was life-changing for me to realize that relationships change. And when they change, we get to treat them different. We get to push the reset button on that. And,
0: and there's certain times in life where relationships are going to change whether you want them to or not. Like right. they have to change. Right.
1: And, and that might be, same. you know, when your kid graduates from high school, it, this might be with adult children ha- having to move out or when you stop paying their bills or when a marriage happens or whatever, like all this. Or when you're
0: a, a senior in high school and you're noticing that all the seniors who graduated the year before are still coming to the high school party, still hanging out, you're like, <laughs> hey, your time's done, man. This is our time to shine now. Move
1: on. Move on. Um, but- If you're noticing that your relationship isn't working, there's a good chance there's an expiration date on how you've been handling it. And that doesn't mean that it's bad and it doesn't mean you give up or walk away or you stop dealing with it. It means that you start a new chapter of that relationship. And so that episode number 32 um is a good one for you to go and listen to. The other episode that Brandon's gonna figure out, which is the it's called The And. And it's also um one that was kind of from the beginning, it's episode number 10. And I bring this up because, you know, just like David is talking about, um, There are lies that happen in our relationships, and there are things that goes wrong. There's mistrust, and there's mistreatment, and there's freaking out. And you love these people more than anything, and change is necessary, and evolution is needed. And the sooner that we can make these changes. And I love what David just taught, because when you own that you're going to make these changes and that that is your intention, Uh, uh, then, then you do spark curiosity. And then especially when you follow it up with using statements, with not freaking out, with giving people time to work through the problems and and that's these are all elements of the parenting agreement that David is teaching about teaching about in his TED talk teaching about in um, some upcoming workshops and so you know the reason why I wanted to to address this When we lost Corey, I didn't have the luxury of not changing. The rug got pulled out. And and the level of humbling that I experienced as a parent is what I believe is the highest level of of humbling. And it wasn't my choice. I didn't put an expiration date on, on that relationship. I didn't choose it. I didn't establish it. I didn't know that changes needed to be made. And I would have argued against the things that we're teaching here. Some of you that may be listening might feel like you have the luxury of not changing and that you might have the luxury of continuing on how you have done it, thinking that eventually your kids will grow out of it or magically the frontal lobe will develop and you're going to get along better. And you might even be listening and things might not be that bad. I think what I want to say is that before things get that bad, what I want to say is that none of us have the luxury of not improving the relationships. We just don't.
0: That's why there's got to be enough, enough going on in your life. It's, it's, it's that beautiful curse. Like There's got to be enough confrontation and struggles in, in your family relationships for you to press play or for you even to search out a podcast like this. If someone in your life right now, all listeners, if someone sent you a link to listen to this podcast... The secret's out. <laughs> that means your friend cares about you and they've been trying to say something or you've talked to them and they know that you're in need of information. They go, here, click on this and see what you think. And if you're continuing listening to us and 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 it's making sense, you're 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 getting it, that means that there's been enough discomfort. There's been enough frustration, there's been enough banging your head up against the wall, confrontations, arguments, worry and distress with these family relationships. That you now actually have to create new change. And that's why, you know, one of the sayings, you know, the um, necessity is the mother of all inventions. You know, you start having struggles with your kids and then what do you notice in people around you? All the people like, yeah, that mom looks like sh-. the same way that I looked this morning. <laughs> you can tell when that person's on their edge. Yeah. She's like, go on by, ma'am. Please go right ahead. You can cut in front line. We know when people are at that edge. We know what it looks like. We know what it feels like. Problem is, is when we're there, we don't always know where to turn, and so thank you for you know turning to us and trusting with this information. And um, I didn't want to bring up one other thing uh, that a lot of people mention about our big dun 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 thing that we always talk about here on the podcast, which is statements and questions. And the big thing were people ask, people were asking, I need more ideas for statements. What are some better ideas for statements? I'm not going to give you more ideas for statements. I'm going to tell you a more of the reason why you need to ask. You need to start with statements in your conversation. So again, new listeners, you need to go back to what episodes, Brandon, I think it's episode five.
1: We have two statements
0: versus questions. I think it's five and 35 or five and 45. Five, 24. Five twenty-four and 54 were the episodes that we talked a lot about statements versus questions. Um, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and then come back. But for everyone else, they, they know this. I think most of us have been raised and kind of – whether we believe this or not, just kind of been there. This struggle, this survival of the fittest that's, you know, if you work really hard, you're going to be successful. And, and if you do all these things a certain way. And you progress, then people respect you. They'll they'll admire you. It's just, it's something that we just kind of think, right? When I say think, just work with me generally here. And a lot of times we feel like competition is what drives and moves everything because competition does increase productivity in a lot of ways, right? We have an iPhone 11 because after iPhone 1, people were like, hey, we need to compete <laughs> with Apple. And Apple's like, all right, I guess we got to make more of these things. It did really well. So you're constantly driving, driving. But I don't think us as human beings, and this is a big paradigm shift that's happening from the old school. Because if you, because when we talk about statements versus questions, starting off conversations with questions, it's a very throwback. It's it's what's left over from our old parenting styles before we started to evolve with new information as human beings. And the old way was very survive at all costs, and you have to make someone feel bad if necessary, because that pain of shaming them publicly and that social pain, it stops all their other fears and worries at that moment. And they're going to react to that social pain. So that's why people in the old days, I use this example, they could yell at their kids because when you yelled at your kids for something 500 years ago, it was probably because it could kill them. Not maybe kill them. It's not like, hey, don't forget to tighten your seatbelt up a little bit. It's like, no, we're going to go across to hunt some animals and there's other lions out there. So yeah, we're going to really need to make sure everything is accurate on point. So there was such little room for error because people lost kids. It was so hard to raise full grown adults. There's so much fight or flight, so much threatening our survival. But now because there's not so much threatening our survival, in fact, we've never had it easier to sustain life and live. We now have to switch that. There has to be a changing of the guard. And so here's what I want to tell you. Instead of giving you better reason or instead of giving you more statements, I want to give you a better reason to use statements because statements help cooperation and they make people feel like you're aiding them in whatever is distressing them. You're acknowledging when you make a statement like, hey, it looks like you've had a rough day today. Don't know if you want to talk about it, but if you did, I would want to listen. Just acknowledging that they may be having a rough day, even if they didn't have a rough day, who doesn't like it when people single you out and notice that something's going on with you, but they do it in a very sincere, genuine, kind way. That's not a horrible way to start off a conversation. Most people don't flip you off (laughs) if, if you say something like that. Now, on the reverse side of it, when you start with what's wrong, what's going on, the intensity of your face, the... The, the, the scowl, the, the fear, the worry that you're having is what you're feeling. The person who's listening to you when you're asking them questions is only listening to what you're feeling. They're not hearing what they want you to do. So the person that's saying what's wrong with you, you're only getting from them their fears, their worries and anxieties because they used a question. When they use a statement, you're getting their information of what they're thinking. You're not feeling what they're scared of. If they're scared of something for you, and it just so happens to be the same thing you're scared of, but you don't want to talk about it, then that is going to cause you to want to run away and go into hiding if you're a teenager. Put on your headphones and get away. Or it's going to make you just smile and, and go, no, I'm fine. It's okay. It's okay. And make up some crazy story to get your parents off the scent that you have something going on with you. So statements, they create cooperation, aid, and help. Questions create fear, life, or death, anxiety, and worries and concerns. Doesn't mean that that's your intention. It means that's what that is. So it doesn't matter so much on where you start with statements. What it matters is that you realize you cannot afford to not start conversations out with statements with loved ones and anyone. Someone, it could be a coworker. There's certain relationships that are potentially so volatile. Customer service, coworkers, your kids, your spouse, your partner. These relationships can, can traditionally be so volatile because there's so much at stake. So much pressure and stress is on these relationships. We need these people to perform a certain way. Otherwise, it's going to make our lives harder. And if they don't perform a certain way, it makes our life harder. And then they get back from us, our frustration or anger. But if we start off with statements, all they're getting is that we are trying to work with them or try to help or aid them in some way. If you do not start off your conversations with statements with people that have traditionally been people that get triggered easily, get frustrated easily, you're most likely not going to have very much influence over that person in the way that you want to. I would like to say it's not going to work out that well. It's so, in my experience, it's so overwhelmingly lopsided when you start off with conversation with statements versus making them with questions. It's so lopsided that every time I hear people start with questions, it makes me cringe. I was getting food before we came here to the podcast tonight and we're in line. I'm, I'm hearing this dad trying to be funny, using a lot of sarcasm. And he was also doing it to get a lot of attention. Like, oh, this dad wants people to know that he's a dad. For some reason, he just, it was very out there. Everybody had to hear every word that he's saying to his kids. And he just kept on saying questions and questions and sarcasm. And I could watch both of these kids, they probably had to be like, 10 and 8 years old You could just see them Put their head down Try to move away from him. They kind of laughed Half-heartedly And tried to get away From as much as they could For some reason Their brain And their DNA Was like Get me away From this person Because something about The way he was using These questions Made them embarrassed And ashamed It pains me so bad When I do it I swear to you guys I may have punched myself In the face A couple times over this I get so pissed off At myself because I know how 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 sensitive it is. I'll ask my five-year-old son a question that was not a time I should have said a question. I should have made a statement. And he goes, oh, and he, by the way, my five-year-old son, he pushed, he's not fair to me. Like if I ever start off with a statement, like a question and don't start with a statement, he runs away and wants nothing to do with me. I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's gonna be, he's gonna be the one holding my feet to the fire to make sure I do this every single time. So the times I make a mistake, I want to punch myself. I get so pissed off at myself because I don't make the mistake. I make it bad.
1: Well, and my kids, if are- I
0: make it, it's so bad because I'm like, oh, because I do it so well all the time when I don't do it, I'm out of my mind. Like I'm a different person. And then when it comes back that I made the mistake, I'm like, who the hell just said that? What the hell am I doing?
1: <laughs> when I do it, like my kids all know, right? They've, they're in on this because of, you know, you know, who? And so they they just straight up, statements only, please. You know? <laughs> that was a question. Was that a question? Yeah, you know, I mean, they...
0: Well, and that's a good example right there. All you parents out there listening, that's the moment where a lot of parents lose this. They, they lose the game. They play it really well. They're doing the statements, everything going. But when their kid does call them out, they forget that they told their kid to call them out. And because their kid called them out in a very adolescent way, it rubs them, makes them mad. And they miss out on this great opportunity to sit there and go, "Well, I appreciate your advice, and your your help, and, and I'm so glad." Because remember, I told you to tell it to me. And <laughs> any possible way that next time, it could be a little bit less making me feel like the worst parent in the world. Like maybe like I mean, the usually I'm worst. like
1: I'm like okay, do over. Um, and then it takes me a minute because it, because here's the thing, you guys, because the statement requires you to actually think.
0: Hits the brain stops you. You don't usually
1: you. say things you regret. And that's helpful.
0: <laughs> and the good thing about this that gives you guys hope, that's why I'm telling you, I want you to just double down on why it's so important to tell, say statements instead of the questions. When you're starting off with statements, you're not actually having a conversation.
1: You're making observations.
0: <laughs> you're just observing of what's going on. Very few people kill the observer. They kill the critic. Yeah. <laughs> like when I say yeah. kill. I, 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 mean, I like very that. Very few people get like upset that. at the observer. The, the guy says, wow, it looks like there's a 16 car pileup. Okay. There's 16 cars. That's an observation. Versus what the hell was wrong with you that you caused a 16 car pileup? Oh, now the critic's going to get something. That's why very few people flip off and curse out the judge, but they have a tendency to do that to cops more often. The enforcer of the law. Or the
1: prosecutor, you know, the lawyer. The enforcer of the
0: law is the person we feel that we're at at odds with. Do not be the enforcer of the law with your loved ones. Make the statements that just simply put it out there that you have fallen short, but with their help, you can get better. And then when they give the criticism to you, make another statement, say thank you. If it's too harsh for criticism... I'd really appreciate if it was when no one else was around later on, (laughs) because then what you're doing is you're telling them when you're hard on them and criticizing them in front of their siblings or friends, they could say, Hey, remember when you told me that you didn't want me to say this in front of all my, like in front of everybody and make you look like a bad parent. Well, yeah, you're kind of, I don't want you to do it to me either, dad or mom or whoever it may be. Like, come on. Like, yeah, yell at me, but behind closed doors, you'd be surprised. The kids nowadays, it's not necessarily they're, that they're so soft. It's just that they're, they're sensitive to language. And so if the language makes them feel pain, then they they start to feel that, oh, then this person is trying to make me feel pain. But if you use different language, they don't think you're trying to inflict pain. They think you're trying to install some sort of help or support and then maybe you got some good, helpful advice or, you know, some information that maybe they, they didn't know about that just comes as an add, add on to the relationship versus that you are the dominion, meaning the person that has the, the ability to control things. You have dominion, mm-hmm. dominion over them and they are just the person who has to deal with whatever you give them. This does not create independent, free thinking, hardworking adults. That mindset creates sheep. Creates people who become resentful and angry in adult life because they're like, man, I've been drinking what everybody told me to do, but they never told me to think for myself, or at least you don't feel like they did.
1: Well, as we as we wrap up, I wanted to just add one one more thing on this reset c- concept. Um, you know, if you're a parent of multiple kids, you know that each one of these kids comes with a different package you know they are <laughs> you'd like to think that they're all I
0: mean like that hazmat symbol <laughs> like some of packages
1: you'd like to Sorry. think that if you learn something from kid number 1 that you can apply that to kid number 2 and then you could combine those and apply that to kid number 3 it it just doesn't work it's
0: like each. general ed's going to college it's like <laughs> it's... one class does not lean into the other class okay?
1: exactly um i mentioned in the very beginning of the podcast that I made the decision to kind of escape on a little road trip with Connor. Connor's my youngest son. And it was so interesting. By the end of the trip, when we were driving home and I looked over at him, I saw a different person. And earlier you were talking about reputations. And sometimes in families when we behave a certain way we have certain tendencies or defense mechanisms or personalities all the other personalities kind of hold us in a in a position you're the funny one you're the rude one you're the peacekeeper you know whatever we kind of hold each other in in these roles and expectations and when i was able to take connor out of the role that he plays as the as the baby brother. And he could just tell me his thoughts. You know, we listened to a book together and and we could just have a conversation about that book. And as we ate food together and we went places and and shared observations, he didn't have to be the person that everybody expected him to be and he had this chance to sort of show me a different side to the point that when i looked over at him in the passenger seat he i saw a different kid he seemed a little bit taller he seemed a little bit more developed i saw him differently um because we connected one on one, and so that's another thing that i that I think that if you have to set a reset button, you can't really do it as a group and and maybe part of this does have to be done as a group, but individualize your customer service and know that all the forces from the family dynamics that are coming in are affecting these reputations and so when you pull it out and you you single it out and you give it that attention that it needs individually which you guys I know as a parent you you're like how do i divide myself up it's it is hard but it is worth it and um i'm really Thankful for for that experience.
0: Well, thanks for that, Heidi, and um, I'm I'm sure uh, Connor had a great time. Sure, had a great oh, time knowing him. He just knowing him ate it up. Ate it up. You know, it reminded me of one thing I wanted to share before we go. To is that when we talk about your reputation as a parent, this is one thing that I will share with you that I do not believe this would benefit any parent to have this reputation because these these are the types of things parents come to me when they say that they've got a bad rep in their family and they want to get out of that. They'll say things that I'm known as the person who freaks out. I'm known as, you know, the passive, like the doormat parent and they just, you know, they just take advantage of me. To change your reputation, sometimes I think people overcorrect too far to the opposite extreme. So a lot of, parents that have been known to be too passive, then they put on this hat of like, I'm not going to be taken advantage of. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to stand up them and they're going to play this role. Now they're the antagonizer. Now they're going to call them out and they're going to be completely opposite of who they've always been. And a normal thought process would be if what I'm doing right now gets me no respect, if what I'm doing right now does not give me the reputation I want. So I need to do the complete opposite. Problem is, one, it can't be maintained. Two, it's not really that person's personality. It's not who they've been for so long, so they suck at it. You know, people who are passive and who are are traditionally doormats in the relationships, they don't do good at being a hard ass. Like, they don't last long. (laughs) They're like, I'm going to do you. I don't care what you guys think. Hey, do you guys know what I meant when I said I don't care? I I don't care. (laughs) But I really meant to say they just can't hold on for long. And then what happens is- They feel terrible. It actually makes your reputation worse. You do not want a singular reputation. When someone says, hey, I want you to give me a good job reference. I've never heard a job reference say, just describe this person in one word. No, it says, describe what are some of the attributes and qualities. This person is this and this. This person is this and that. When we want to shut someone down, take away their voice, make them be dismissed and completely take away their power and their influence away, we put one label on one person and then we just go, "Uh, oh, that's who they are. My mom is crazy. My dad is a jerk. My little brother, only goose around, can't ever be serious. These definitive end of the sentence, put a period down on this is who they are. People have fought their whole entire life to get outside of that box. Some people are still fighting it. They think that they're free, and they're really not. They're still working by all these insecurities, like plaguing them in their head. So when I say you want to have, you don't want a singular reputation. You want to be the parents, like, yeah, my mom's really serious, and she's the one that gets stuff done around the house, and don't mess with her. And she can be funny too, and she's got a good sense of humor. Like she'll be mad all the time, but if we need her to joke around, she can do that. The opposite parent could sound like this. My parents are really kind and caring. They kind of go along with everything. But if it's serious, don't mess with them They'll they'll they'll, they'll get serious when they need to. My brother is always goofing around. My brother's goofing around a lot, but you know, when he needs to be serious, when you know when we need him there, he'll he'll be serious. We just got to let him know that like we need you to show up, man. We want the reputation where, yeah, this is kind of who we are a lot of the time, but we're also multifaceted. We have other things that we add and we've been working on. I love that. But if we have one definition of who we are, sometimes, put it this way, when you want to brag about someone, when you want to give someone credit and co-sign for them and give them the, the, um, the, uh, the compliments that they deserve, it's never singular. It's always multiple, but if you want to shut someone down, you say, "Yeah, she's a B. Yeah, he's a jerk. Yeah, they're selfish." It's very definitive and very singular,
1: and hard to and like you said, hard to get out. That's the I why that. I can't that's get really, out of it. That's really interesting, <coughs> and I and I think that that that's where you get the and. You know, I'm this and
0: yeah. I'm unreasonable I and I freak out and I've gotten better at not holding a grudge for as long. So there you <laughs> go. So I, I, get, I get over it a day or two now, you know, versus a week or two.
1: Yeah. Well, you guys, I hope that, I hope, as you, <laughs> I'm not supposed to say that.
0: Well, I didn't tell you, I have told you a long time ago. You can't say, I think you just I'm no.
1: getting better. I'm yeah. getting better. Here's what I know.
0: There you go. Here's what I want you to do. Work on.
1: Here's what I, what I know that no relationship is too far gone. I believe that. Amen to that.
0: 100%. Well, no, no relationship that matters. Right. It's too far gone. There's some relationships that like, yeah, but the important ones, the family ones. uh,
1: Yes. And as you realize, recognize something's not happening, something's not working, I feel like we're, it's off. We're not connecting. I'm not getting respect. I'm not getting through to them. Recognize that changes happened, and you need to hit the reset button. Um, I know that these efforts, this this approach, is uncomfortable, and making statements is uncomfortable and un. You know, we're you're just not not good at it yet. That's another good episode to listen to yet. But when you start making these changes, just like what Dave was saying, he's gotten so good at it, and people expect that from him. That when he slips, things don't go well. It's this immediate, and I can tell you that when I'm tired and hungry, and disorganized, and stressed out, mm, those questions flow a lot faster, you know? So when you can't be reasonable, and your kids can't be reasonable, look at yourself first, and get some sleep, and eat a meal, and drink some caffeinated beverage,
0: And then make the statements and say the things a reasonable person would actually say.
1: Because, you know, we don't act that way for no reason, you know. So sliding in a little self-care there at the end. (laughs) So we hit on a lot of topics. And um, I think that I want to end as usual by thanking you for showing up here. Thanking you, David, for showing up here. Likewise.
0: Um, Thank you as well.
1: Thank you for telling your friends and your associates and your sisters, and thank you for spreading the word about Like the Fight. Because when I read messages, and, and Dave reads messages from you about the changes and about what's happened in your family as a result of what we are able to share over this really amazing platform. There's not words for me how meaningful it is that my experience and Dave's information that he's been able to teach and share with me is impacting a wider audience. It means the world to me.
0: Well, thank you, Heidi. And, um, if you guys are here local, we have a couple of events coming up that you can come, uh, listen to us talk, or just, uh, you know, maybe you could send some people over that would uh, be uh, benefiting from the information. So first off, um, this coming Tuesday, which is October 29th at Harriman high school, um, uh, and do we have a, a link that we could put up on our post? Did you put that Eventbrite link up on there? It is. It's in oh, it our –
1: it's on okay. – if you go to Instagram, it's in our profile.
0: Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, it, it would just help them if you went and we'll signed stories through too. Eventbrite if you wanted to show up to that. And that's – I'm going to be introducing the Parenting Partnership that night. And then seven days later on November 5th, it will be the follow-up night. Basically, everyone that's going to come, they're going to learn about the concept, how it works, why it's worked so well, how it's evolved throughout the years, the basics of how to go home, come up with your own agreement, come back, and then i will help you tighten it up a little bit to help you um, start off the new quarter in a much better way. I'm than so excited one. about
1: this because you've never done anything like this. This is kind of the first of, of this yeah, kind. Interactive like this. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's going to be in the tech atrium, which is not – it's not the big auditorium. So please make sure that you order to take it. If you plan on coming, um, that's going to ensure that you get a spot.
0: And then also let them know about the little spinners thing P- we got going on. Pinners. It's, a pinners. 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 Wait, I thought we were doing a spin class.
1: No. No, okay. no, David. Hey, it was it's all at Heidi introduce this
0: because apparently I got it wrong. I'm just kidding. it.
1: Okay. So November 1st and 2nd is an event called the Pinners Conference. And if you live here locally, you're seeing it. On billboards and on the T V and probably even on the radio.
0: It's on KSL sports news at night. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> they are it is popping up a lot. So Pinners Conference is it's at the I know it's not called the South Town.
0: It's the Expo Center.
1: It's the Expo Center. It's now called Mountain America. For those of you who didn't know that it's we're not sponsored by (laughs) any of them,
0: so it's the big expo center in Sandy, Utah.
1: Um, so it's a big it's there's tons of vendors. In fact, I'm one of the vendors. Oh la la! And also, light the fight has a booth because on November 1st, David and I are actually teaching a one-hour class. There's only 200 spots in that class, but if you buy the ticket to get in, which I think is 10 bucks. To the entire event center, then all the classes are free. So when you come to our class, there's actually not a materials um, fee. So you can just come and listen. It's a first come for serve situation um, for that class. So that's November first at three o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Two hundred people. We've never spoken that specific subject to that small amount of people. That'd be interesting.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Usually, like,
0: there's like at least a thousand. So. People Pinterest, are a little Pinterest shy about asking questions a, sometimes. Pinterest
1: conference is a party. It, mm. It's an amazing event. And so we would love for you to come and say hi. So November 1st is when that workshop is. We're working on announcing some dates for upcoming parenting workshops. Um, So that's in the works. What else are we forgetting? Nothing.
0: Just, uh, you know, it's the holiday season. So try to be a little bit nicer if you could, I yep. guess. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Oh, wait, it's Halloween. You have to be, nice, have to be nice on After Halloween. After Halloween, start being yes, nice. Kids. So you have to October thirty first.
1: Thanksgiving, we got to yeah, start. Yeah, to be rude. <laughs> and you know, just a little tip: if you want to go back to the episodes that we did one year ago, there's some good tips about family gatherings and um, some of those. So sometimes it's good to to go back a year and
0: I may or may not have thought of these in my own family life situation and started giving them (laughs) to clients. And then I'm like, wow, this really works
1: works.
0: how to get out of family parties without looking like the person that tried to get out. So that's right.
1: All right. We would love it. If you would spread the word um, via your social media and um, it also helps if you go into iTunes and give us a review Um, that helps us get the word out as well. So Thank you forever for listening. Thanks for putting up with David's rhymes and jokes and illnesses. (laughs) And thank you, as always, for helping us to light the fight.